Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt and I'm the host of this Disney theme parks news podcast. This is episode 19 from the week of November 11th, 2018. Well, I hope everyone had a great week. I know I sure did. I had fun watching the Mickey's 90th birthday celebration that aired last week. I hope uh, all of you got to catch it. That was a lot of fun. Um, and this week was also a, another milestone in the podcast where I, I had released a second episode uh, throughout the week. Uh, and that episode was actually getting to know me a bit more. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I've actually heard a lot of great feedback on it. Um, yeah, it was it was very personal to me, and I it, I really kind of opened up and uh, opened up and uh, really told how my my love for Disney started and kind of why I got inspired to the podcast. So if if you want to get to know me and you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would uh, I would suggest you doing that. Um, and I remember I, I did do that episode because. Uh, next week, I will be releasing my first cast member uh, interview, so be on the lookout for that next week. So we got some good stuff to talk about this week. Uh, the Walt Disney Company had their fourth quarter earnings call, so there's some, some little tidbits about the Disney parks that we'll discuss. Uh, and then we're going to talk a bit about the holiday treats and beverages that are they're out for the, the holidays at Walt Disney World. And then Disney is uh, now expanding their after hours event. Uh, that is a hard ticketed event for after the park closes that you can go and ride all the rides you want. So they're they're expanding that. And then there's a, there's a bunch of other news that we will get to as well. So why don't we just uh, jump right into it and begin this week's episode of the Excess Press Podcast. This past week, the Disney Company had their Q4 earnings call, and it had a lot of new information about the company in general. Uh, I read through the uh, the transcript to see if there was any new details about the Disney theme parks. Uh, so here are some of the cool tidbits that I had found. So everyone know should know by now that Disney is coming out with their own streaming service, which is similar to Netflix. Uh, there will be a lot of new and original content, including the in the 
including new shows in the Star Wars and Marvel universes. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about those shows. But Bob Iger did mention one thing that caught my interest. So here is a, a quote from Bob, uh, Bob Iger. The Disney platform is also a perfect home for documentary series that will allow us to pull uh, pull the curtain back and give people a behind-the-scenes perspective. We've got several docu-series currently in production, including an exclusive, unprecedented look at Walt Disney Imagineering, featuring stories we've never really told before and images we've never shared, uh, quote-unquote. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I love watching as much content as I can uh, about the behind-the-scenes magic of the Walt Disney theme parks. Uh, I'm definitely subscribing to the service on day one, and, and, and I can't wait. So I think a documentary series based on Walt Disney Imagineering is a great idea. I think a lot of people are always interested what happens behind the scenes to see how, how rides and certain effects are done. I mean, I some 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 nights I can spend a few hours just watching youtube videos of like old documentaries or like little snippets of behind the scenes of like what's happening so i'm really excited about that um uh, i i really want to see what that series is going to be about like how they're going to break it up like uh, yeah i'm just curious if if maybe it'll feature like an, an imagineer uh, or if it's just going to be like about a ride, like different rides, who knows? But yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens with that. Uh, so then after that, Bob Iger spoke uh, a good amount of time, but then he turned it over to Kristen McCarthy to talk about uh, the Q4 performance. Um, and it, they do talk a bit about the parks and resorts. So here's what she had to say. Um Attendance at our domestic parks was up 4% and per capita spending was up 9% on higher admissions, food and beverage and merchandising, merchandise spending. Per room spending at our domestic hotels was up 8% and occupancy was up 1 percentage point to 85%. So far this quarter, domestic resort reservations are pacing up 3% compared to a prior year while booked rates are up. Uh, she mentions, uh, so that's the end of the quote. So she mentioned a few other things about the parks when it comes to business and finance terms. And uh, I'm definitely not smart enough to talk about it. I was going to include it, but I'm like, all right, I, I don't know what a lot of this means. So I'm, I'm, I definitely wouldn't be able to good, be good to talk about it. Um, but anyway, so pretty much it's, it's really no surprise that attendance is still going up. I mean, people, people always do complain about prices going up at Disney, but at the end of the day, there, there's a lot of value in the price of admission. And that's why people keeps, they keep going to the parks, um, like I, I might have said it before. Like I really like, yeah. The the price hikes, it, it stinks going up, but I really do enjoy the time spent at Walt Disney World. Uh, I I think it's worth every penny with the service that they provide, the immersion that you get when you're at the parks. Um, so paying for that price, I still see a, a, a huge value, and I think that's why other people uh, will go. So, so yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, attendance is still there. Uh, the spending is still up. I mean, I, Disney's doing a really great job with like special merchandising, and then you guys always hear to hear me talk about special food and beverages. And I think now with Instagram, people love posting their food on beverages, so they, it makes other people want to go and try these these things. 
but uh but yeah so pretty much uh attendance is up um so next uh when, once she was done they actually opened up uh, opened it up to q a which is where bob Iger discussed the new star wars lands in both disneyland and disney world and the question was i thought i had written it down who it was from but i didn't uh so the question was how should we think about or frame the opening of the Star Wars lands? I think both in Anaheim and Orlando, when we think about the drivers to the parks next year or next calendar year, I should say. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, assuming bigger than Pandora. Is it as big as Carlands? So, so the, her, the question is kind of confusing when it's framing, but I think she's just really talking about like the scale and how many people are going to be coming to these parks. So uh, here's, here's what Bob Iger had to say about that. Uh, so this is a pretty long quote, but I think it's very interesting to, to hear. Um, well, on the Star Wars lands, these are the biggest lands that we've ever built. And in both cases, not only are they big in size and scale, they're huge in ambition in terms of both the experience that we aim to create, meaning the uh, immersion experience, as well as specific experiences people have in the attractions, namely in both cases, two very, very innovative and we believe compelling and exciting e-ticket attractions. And so we think that they're going to have a major impact and Disneyland clearly is the biggest thing we've ever done in the at disneyland since it opened in 1955 and we think it's going to drive huge increase in demand and we think we're going to have some interesting challenges on our hands to manage that demand but that's a good problem to have then in florida we have four parks star wars land there is going into the studios park hollywood studios park where we opened toy story land not that long ago and we've we've aimed to actually grow the attendance to that park which has lagged a bit over the last number of years because we haven't invested anything that is this close to size or scale or compelling nature of it. So we think in both cases that it will have a dramatic impact positively, positively on both businesses. So essentially, uh, and that's the end of the quote. So essentially what he's saying here is that the Star Wars land is definitely going to drive in big numbers and it may be a bit more of an issue over at the Disneyland Park. Uh, I've been told by many people that they are waiting for Star Wars Lands to open. Uh, so they're waiting for it to open so they can visit Walt Disney World again. I mean, these lands, they're going to bring in people that aren't a fan of the parks, but they are a fan of Star Wars. Uh, people have been wanting to visit the worlds of, in Star Wars since it came out in 1977. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens when both of the parks finally do open, because um, Galaxy's Edge will be the first. Op so Galaxy's Edge will be first opening uh, in Disneyland in the summer of 2019, and in Disney World in uh, late fall of 2019. Uh, I'm going to have to assume it will open December. Uh, they mo will most likely need as much time as they can get to complete it. Um, but yeah, that kind of those were the only parts that were really talked about about the theme parks and the Q4 earnings um, And I thought they were they were kind of cool little tidbits to discuss on the show but um But yeah, so that's that's it for the Q4 earnings call. Um, I I think I want to start doing this every show. Uh, I actually tried to find rec like a recording of the show 
uh, or sorry, of the uh, earnings call. So I think what I'm going to try to do for the Q1 earnings call next year, I'm going to make sure I can, because I think anyone can listen in and you can like record it. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to make sure I have a recording of it next time. So instead of me like put like saying the quotes, I'm going to try to make sure I, I, I actually have the quotes of like Bob Iger discussing it on the call. I've heard that done on other podcasts and I always think that's really cool. So I want to, I want to bring that to this podcast as well. But yeah, unfortunately I couldn't find a recording for this one. All right, well, just sit tight, because when we get back, we're going to be discussing some of the food for the holidays over at the Walt Disney World Resort. Before I begin the next segment, uh, I actually put out a question on Instagram this past week seeing if uh, you guys actually enjoy listening to the food um, uh, or listen to me talk about the food and beverages because uh, sometimes I know it can be a bit much because I talk ab- like about all the food. Um, so everyone actually said yes, they do like when I talk about food, but there was some feedback and I, I actually agree with this feedback is maybe I don't list every single one, but like I just highlight the things that sound good um, because I know it can be like a bit much and maybe just maybe a slight bore if I mention every single food item. So what I want to do is I, I still want to talk about food because again, you guys know me, I love the food at Walt Disney World. Uh, so I'm going to talk uh, a good amount about it, but I'm not going to like list every single item. Uh, and if you want to know every item, you can f- f- literally go on. Uh, you could just search for Disney holiday foods or anything pertaining to the topic. So, all right. Well, anyways, we'll, we'll, let's start this segment. But um, so on episode 17, we talked about the new food and drinks that will be available during the festival of holidays over in the disneyland resort uh and this week we'll be shifting our focus over to mickey's very merry christmas party at the magic kingdom uh the parties are already in full swing so people have had the chance to try some of the new items uh but i just wanted to run down some of the lists because again you know me i just love talking about food um it's it's honestly what i enjoy most now when i visit and i just want to eat as much as i can um so most of the items will be only available during the Christmas party, but there are some available during the entire season. Uh, so here are just some of the highlights that uh, I want to share with you guys. Um, so you'll find some of the great stuff uh, over at the Main Street Bakery. They have like a holiday Mickey cinnamon roll uh, or a chocolate Yule log. Um, that sounds really good. And they have like a gingerbread cookie. Um, and then if we swing on over to Casey's Corner, uh, what I'm really excited about, and I wish I could try this, is they have a poutine dog. Uh, so it's a hot dog that's topped with fries, poutine gravy, cheese curds, and chives. Uh, I, I love poutine so much. Uh, poutine is a Canadian thing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just so good, and I really want to try this hot dog now. Um, but yeah, so that's, you can only get that during the holiday party. Um. And then if you go on over to the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, they do have peppermint ice cream, which is, I've never, I've never knew that was a thing, but now I really want to try it. Um, and then they have some items over at the Sleepy Hollow uh, refreshment stand, uh, and they have like Red Velvet Zero Waffles, so that sounds really good. That comes with ice cream. 
Uh, then I, Gaston, Gaston's Tavern, they have a few things. They have a, a special cinnamon roll or an eclair. Um, and then if you go over to Storybook Treats, they do have peppermint soft serve, co- uh, soft serve cone as well as a sundae. And you can actually get those throughout the entire, entire holiday season. It doesn't just... Uh, uh, at the party. It's not just at the parties. And they also have a Scrooge McDuck eggnog custard. So if you like eggnog, that might be good. Try it out. Who knows? And then over at Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe, they have a holiday burger, which is a burger on Texas toast with roasted turkey, Munster cheese, and stuffing and cranberry sauce. I really want to try that. Um, and then over at Pecos Bill, uh, what I really want to try are the churro bites, and, and that's served with red and brown, or they have red and brown, sorry, red and green sugar on them, and it comes with a chocolate dipping sauce. Uh, and you can actually get that at, at, at pretty much any churro cart during the holiday season. Um, so those are they. There are a lot more than that, but like I said, uh, those are only some that uh, some that had stood out for me. Um, but what is really cool is uh, throughout the year, Casey's Corner uh, had featured a variety of specialty hot dogs of the month. Uh, so Disney is actually bringing back each and every one of them for a limited time, and they're calling it the 12 Days of Christmas Dogs. So it's feature, it's pretty much the hot dogs from the past. So in the 12 days leading up to Christmas, you'll be able to get one of those hot dog of the months once again. So... So between December 14th and then December uh, 25th, uh, you can get the following dogs. So I am I am going to name those really fast. But on December 14th, they have the pineapple teriyaki dog. On the 15th, there's the buffalo chicken dog. On the 16th, there's the Greek dog. And then I'm just yeah, – the rest of them are – there's a Cuban dog, an Aztec dog, which has um, – Sweet and spicy ground beef with creamy elote. Uh, that's like a corn mixture uh, with spicy lime mayonnaise and grated Parmesan cheese. I really want to try that one. Then they have like a Philly cheesesteak dog. Uh, then a Casey's classic dog, which has hash browns, bacon, cheese, and French onion straws. Uh, then a cheesy dog, a jalapeno popper dog, and a loaded mashed potato dog. And then again, the poutine dog. And then last but not least, which is actually going from December 25th through the January 1st, is a two-foot-long hot dog with your choice of toppings. With uh, It could be a Casey's Classic Chili Cheese or Macaroni and Cheese. So Casey's Corner, I've actually only ever had the corn nugget nogs there. Uh, corn dog nugget. Oh, what is it? Corn nugget dogs. No, corn dog nuggets. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry, the corn dog nuggets. Uh, so I've only had those. I haven't had a, a, an actual Casey's hot dog, but I feel like next time I go, I really need to get one. And I really wish I was there for Christmas time to get one of these. Um, and then lastly, before we finish up with Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, uh, while you're there, they do have uh, complimentary treats that you definitely don't want to miss out on. So these are free. You don't have to pay for them. Uh, and they have them at like a bunch of different locations. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run through them, but they have just like cookies, hot chocolate. Uh, there's also yeah, there's lots of different cookies. Like they have Snickerdoodle, uh, peppermint crunch cookie. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of different uh, complimentary items that you can get if you go. So. Anyways, so uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is going on right now. It started the 8th, and it's going through December uh, 21st. So, 
Uh, and they do mention that uh, you can get some of these items by using the mobile f order service on your phone. Um, but yeah, that's it for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Um, I do want to switch over now to Disney's Hollywood Studios because if that wasn't enough for you, here are the, some of the things you can grab over there. Uh, the the park is that apparently the place to be for the holidays. It's all decked out with Christmas decorations now as well as Toy Story Land. Uh, you can watch uh, as Sunset Boulevard becomes a winter wonderland and the Hollywood Tower Hotel transforms with projections and laser effects depicting holiday stories of beloved Disney characters. Uh, and then at the end of the night, you can catch a viewing of Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, the nighttime fireworks show. But before all that, you can chow down on some holiday food and beverages. And again, I'm not going to list all of them, but just uh, some of the ones I like. Uh, so the first one, they have a festive popcorn that's mixed with nuts, crispy pearls, candy-coated chocolates, and mint uh, mini sugar cookies. So you can actually find that at various popcorn carts throughout the park. Or at the Baseline Top House. Uh, if you haven't been to the Top House yet, it's great. They have like a small menu item, but they have lots of beers on tap if you're a beer person. Um, so I, th I actually, I think I just posted um, a couple weeks, or a couple, a few days ago, or like a week or so ago, a picture of me coming out of the Top House uh, with like beers in my hand. Um, or like oh, it was a flight of beer. So if you could check over on the Excess Press Podcast Instagram, you could see that. Um but yeah, then they have like shortbread cookies. Um, there's they have macaroons you can get. Um, there's an Olaf cupcake. Uh, there's a spiced cold chocolate uh, over at Rosie's All American Cafe. And one of the coolest things that they came out with this year is the chocolate chestnut cone. Uh, so it's a pra uh, it's a praline. Uh, and you can get this over at the Backlot back lot Express. I mean, this thing looks so cool. It's like It looks like a pine cone with, like, chocolate uh, mousse at the bottom. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but, like, you got to look this thing up. It's the chocolate chestnut cone. Um, it looks so cool. I just want to try it because it, I just want to take a photo of it. Like, it looks so awesome. Uh, I think that's going to be the most popular item this year because of how great it looks. Um... But then if you go over to Woody's Lunchbox at Toy Story Land, they have a new box tart, which is like pretty much a homemade pop tart. They have a cinnamon apple cranberry uh, box tart, uh, and that has uh, snowflakes and crispy pearls on top. Uh, and then they have a hot chocolate flight, which is awesome. So the hot chocolate flight features Irish liqueur. Uh, vanilla vodka, another one, and another one with cherry bourbon, and you can get that over at Fairfax Fair. Uh, and then they have a fro if uh, they have a frozen hot cocoa that's non-alcoholic, so you can get that as well. Um, and then nothing too crazy after that, but uh, the the last thing I will mention is that. Uh, they have a, a holiday mule, which is like a like a Moscow mule, and uh, it, it, Moscow mules have ginger beer in it. So if, if you're not familiar with the alcoholic beverage, uh, it's it's so good. So in the holiday mule, they have it has vodka, lemon liqueur, cranberry juice, and ginger beer, and you can get that over at the Hollywood Brown Derby and Mobile Bars near Echo Lake and Holiday Scoops. So. There's lots of different items you can get over at Hollywood Studios this year, so make sure you go online and look at the list of foods that are happening there. So, but yeah, um, like I said, I want to keep the food items short and sweet, and just kind of talk about the highlights. Um, 
But yeah, I really wish I was going uh, to the parks this year for the holidays, but uh, I think I will be there next year. So I'm going to talk a bit more about that when I have more details at some point. So so we, we got a little something in the works right now, so it should be a good time. But, um, but yeah, this now we're just going to shift on over to the next topic. Um, Disney's after-hour events are expanding to both Disney's Hollywood Studios and the Animal Kingdom. Uh, so we've, we've talked about the Disney after-hours events on past shows, uh, but if you don't remember what they are, I'll remind you. So on certain evenings, guests can experience a Disney theme park for three hours after regular park hours. Uh, there will be little to no waits for your favorite attractions, experiences, and character greetings. You can also enter the park as early as 7 p.m. on your event night. Uh, this will also include ice cream, popcorn, uh, select beverages on uh, with your admission. So, so far the park uh, that had this event was the Magic Kingdom, but now guests will be able to go to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. Um, so they listed a lot of dates for the different uh, parks. So uh, again, if you're going to Magic Kingdom, you can enjoy a lot of different attractions uh, as uh, for like the Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Space Mountain, and the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Um, I'm not going to list all the dates, but it pretty much runs through like the end of November to March 7th. And that's it's, it's only on very select nights. So like for each month, there's there's only like four four dates. Per month, December, there's only two dates. Um, and then if you want to go to the Hollywood Studios, there will be the Toy Story Land will be open. Uh, you can do Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror. Uh, so again, that's on select nights uh, from December all the way until April. Um, and then if you're going over to the Animal Kingdom, uh, you can... Uh, enjoy Pandora. There's not going to be a lot of lines there. So you can do Pandora, do as much as you want. Um, and then there, there'll be plenty of food and beverages locations opens as well. And those are going to be on select nights, uh, between December and April of next year. Um, so you can actually already start reserving these if you want. Uh, actually, sorry, they will be on sale November 15th. Uh, so you can start doing that then, which is in a few days. So all of the after our events, they have a ticket cost of $125 plus tax. Um, if you're a DVC member, a Disney Vacation Club member, or an annual pass holder, you do get a discount of $95 per tax uh, plus tax. So it's it's an expensive event. Uh, it is it is not cheap. It pretty much costs like the the same amount uh, as a full day ticket, but. Like I've said on the past shows, I think this is a good opportunity for people to experience the park if they really don't want to wait online for anything or if they're not a really big crowds person because sometimes crowds can be very overwhelming. So this will be a good opportunity for someone to have to be in the parks and not have to get such uh, be overwhelmed by that. So uh, I think this is a pretty cool event. Um I don't think I would ever do this. It's I feel like it's just not something I would value. Uh, I mean, cool, I get to ride all the rides, but I, the, ri the rides aren't the only thing that I love about the parks anymore. Um, again, I'm all about the food these days. So, But yeah, so the, that's it for the after-hour events. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, the next the next item, which is really cool to me, I don't know if you guys are gonna find it cool, but I I, I posted about it on Instagram this past week. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but these days I'm very hesitant to go on water rides uh, because I don't want to walk around soaking wet. Uh, Splash Mountain, you can come away with it pretty dry if you get lucky. Uh, but if you go on Kali River Rapids in Animal Kingdom or Grizzly River Run in Disney's California Adventure, uh, you will most likely get soaked. Uh, and I typically avoid those rides if I can. Um, the last time I went on Cali uh, River Rapids, uh, my wife and I, we actually changed into flip-flops and a poncho. Uh, and if we hadn't done that, we just would have gotten pretty drenched. Um, so Disney actually now has a solution to help get yourself dry. Uh, so if you're near the Grizzly River Run and Disney's California Adventure, there are two new full body dryers called the Wilderness Warming Huts. Uh, one of the dryers is wheelchair accessible, which is great as well. Uh, so these are available to use right now, uh, but you do have to pay $5. But the good thing is that there is a max limit of five people at a time. So you can squeeze your whole family into it. Um, so pretty much it's just like a big full body dryer. It's like it's a, it's like a little hut. You just kind of walk in and I guess it dries your clothes. I don't know how fast it does it or how long it takes, but... Um, I would totally use this, uh, and it would make me ride, uh, those, those rides more often. Uh, and I, I, I hope to see these things become popular and that they come to the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, Kali River, River Rapids usually has a long line, so I would think some of the folks would love to use the dryers at the end. Uh, so if actually anyone ends up using this over at Disneyland, uh, please let me know. I would love to hear all about it. So... Um, all right, well, before we get into our last news segment, and then I'm going to do our, our another segment of This Week in Disney History, I'm just going to take a quick break. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to be discussing a New Year's Eve beach party that was announced at the Fort Wilderness Resort. So stay tuned for that. Christmas and New Year's Eve is a very popular time to visit Walt Disney World, and it's definitely the busiest week of the entire year. Uh, I have not been during this time, but it just it just seems a bit too crazy for me. Uh, but I have heard ringing in the new year at Walt Disney World is fantastic and a lot of fun. Uh, a few of my friends have done it and totally recommend it. Uh, but if, if you're at the Walt Disney World Resort and want to celebrate the new year away from the crowds, Disney has announced a New Year's Eve beach party for the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. So on December 31st, 2018, guests can ring in the new year on Clementine's Beach where, they will, where there will be desserts, cheeses, fruits, drinks, as well as wine and beer. Uh, from there, you will have views of the Magic Kingdom's Fantasy in the Sky New Year's Eve Fireworks Spectacular. Uh, and the event starts at 10 p.m. and it runs till 12.30 a.m. And the pricing for this are 
uh, is $9.99, sorry, $99 for adults and $59 for kids between 3 to 9. Um, so that seems like it would be a lot of fun. Um, that's actually something that I would probably want to do if I were to be there New Year's Eve. Um, from what I heard for New Year's Eve at Walt Disney World is the, the, the recommended thing to do is check out the, uh, the fireworks at Magic Kingdom on the 30th because they have the same fireworks uh, as they do in New Year's Eve. Uh, and then on New Year's Eve, I would go to Epcot uh, and do the uh, New Year's there over at uh, World Showcase Plaza or World Showcase Lake. Um, so if, uh, that's what I've heard is recommended to doing, but I feel like the Walt, the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground is is a bit a uh, bit more my style, where I, I wouldn't want it to be as crazy. And I just like the atmosphere of Fort Wilderness, so I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, and while we're on the topic of Fort, Fort Wilderness, this actually kind of uh, is, is a good tip, or I, I want to give a few tips if you're ever traveling to the Fort Wilderness Resort. So, so this party, for instance, it's at Clementine Beach, and getting to and from it can be a little bit of a pain depending on where you're coming from. Um, so the, the tips that I'm going to give is, is, is good for the New Year's Eve event, but also if you're going to the Hoopty Doo Review uh, if you're going to the Trails End restaurant or you're just going to Pioneer Hall in general. Um, so so if you plan on driving a car to Fort Wilderness, you can't drive it directly to Pioneer Hall. And that's where all of these events are located. Uh, it's on one end of Fort Wilderness by Bay Lake. Um, so you have to park in another location and then take the internal bus service. Uh, same thing goes if you were to take an Uber, you can't get like just dropped off over at Pioneer Hall. You, you're going to have to take an internal bus. Um, and I actually found out the hard way that if you take a bus from the parks to Fort Wilderness, uh, they don't drop you off at Pioneer Hall. Um, and then we, I'm, when we were there, we had to, we got dropped off and we we're like, okay, where do we have to go? And then we found out we, again, we had, we had to take an internal bus, um, so that was something new that I, I hadn't experienced before. So um, a good one good thing is if you use uh, a minivan, uh, which is uh, Disney's new transportation service, uh, if you use a minivan within the Lyft app, it will actually take you directly to Pioneer Hall uh, for like the Hoop Day Review, Trails End, and all that stuff. And it does come at a cost, but it's definitely the most convenient way for trying to get over there. Um, but if you're... I th- to me, I think the best way and maybe the most fun um, is that if you're staying at any of the resorts uh, and you don't have a car, your your best bet is to take a bus to the Magic Kingdom uh, and then you can actually take a boat directly to Fort Wilderness and you can do the same thing going back to your resort um, because if you take the boat, it will uh, drop you off directly at the Clementines Beach and Pioneer Hall. Um, so, and also if you're staying at one of the Bay Lake resorts like uh, Worldliness Lodge, Grand Floridian, Bay Lake, Polynesian, they, they do have boat transfers that'll bring you over to Fort Wilderness as well. Um, so, for instance, when the one time my, me and my fellows, we were, uh, my fellows, well, on my bachelor party, uh, me and the guys that we were with, we, we left Animal Kingdom uh, and then we 
took the, the bus over to Fort Wilderness, and then we had to take the internal transfer. So it actually took an hour to get there, because I remember we left the park at 8, and we actually didn't get there. Our reservation was at 9 for Trails End, and we got there directly at 9. So it took an hour in total just to get from Animal Kingdom to Fort Wilderness. So it takes a lot of time if you're taking the bus and then the internal bus over there. Uh, and then going home, uh, we were at we were staying at Bay Lake Tower, so it was nice. We were able to take the boat uh, just right over to the resort. So, um, but yeah, so those are just some like quick tips uh, and things to keep in mind if you're going to the Fort Wilderness for either the New Year's Eve party. Uh, but I think it if you're if you think uh, sorry if you think you want to do the hoopty doo review uh, or eat at the Trails End restaurant, um, you just have to keep in mind that it can be. Uh, a little bit of a pain to get there so I just wanted to mention that but the yeah the New Year's Eve party sounds great and if I were there that's probably something I would want to do um, but that's actually it for the news this week um, j there's just some pretty cool news items nothing too crazy um, but uh, we're just gonna kind of move right on over to our last segment and that's uh, this week in Disney history um, so a couple things we have. Uh, so in November of uh, early November 1990, uh, the Yacht Club uh, Resort opened on November 5th. Um, the deluxe resort resembles uh, New England seaboard hotels of the late 1800s. Uh, it's conveniently located near Epcot, so it's just per it's perfect to walk there. It's the sister hotel to the Beach Club, and they share a lot of the same amenities. Uh, Amenities. Well, I was gonna say like sea and enemies from uh, what is it? Finding Nemo. That's what I had in mind. So, uh, but a lot of people say that the pool is one of the their pool is one of the best on Disney property, and it's called Stormalong Bay. Um, it resembles a beachside water park with its sand bottom pools, a circular lazy river waterfall, and also a replica of a shipwreck. Um, and it has one of the highest resort water slides at Walt Disney World. So it's it's a resort I never stayed at. Um, hopefully one one day I will. Uh, I don't know when, but uh, eventually I will get there. And I don't know if I'm going to choose Yacht Club or Beach Club or whichever one. So uh, if you have a preference, let me know. Uh, give, give me some feedback to which one you think is better, Yacht Club or Beach Club. Um, so yeah, so... November 5th, 1990 is when the Yacht Club Resort opened its doors. Uh, and then we're going to 1994, where Disneyland closed the turnstiles at the end of the day uh, on one of its oldest and most popular attractions, the Skyway, which was a gondola lift attraction. Uh, the Skyway had originally opened in June of 1956. Uh, it was built by Von Roll, based in Bern, Switzerland, uh, and it was the first Von Roll-type 101 aerial ropeway in the USA. Uh, the reason for the closure was attributed to metal fatigue, uh, stretch cracks had developed inside the Matterhorn Tower battery supports, and the only way to do maintenance was to open up the Matterhorn to do the work. Um, so yeah, the Skyway actually traveled through the Matterhorn Mountain, which is pretty awesome. Um, so, but unfortunately, yeah, it was just uh, wearing down. And so the holes in the Matterhorn were partially filled in and the Skyway's cables and supports uh, were mantled within a few weeks. And then at Disney World, the Skyway closed uh, five years later. So 
no more Skyway within uh, Disney World or Disneyland. I do remember it in Disney World when I was a kid. I do remember seeing that, uh, and it's a shame it's not there anymore. But hey, now Disney is getting their new gondola system, which will be transporting uh, guests around the parks and resorts. So the Disney Skyliner is coming soon next year. Uh, and what's pretty cool, I think I shared on Instagram earlier, um, that the first cables were put up for the gondolas. So it's 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 nearing the end. It's getting there. Uh, but these are very big towers that are kind of uh, an eyesore. But I think it's going to be a cool mode of transportation for others to get around. Uh, I certainly want to try it, and it would probably make me want to stay at one of the resorts that has the um, the gondola system right there. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. Um, it's it was solid news week. Uh, nothing crazy to happen. We got the uh, fourth quarter earnings call. Uh, we talked about food, uh, the after hours events. Uh, we got those full body dryers, the New Year's Eve beach party at Fort Wilderness. So it was uh, not a bad week for the news. But so next week or this upcoming week, I should say, there won't be a second episode. Um, but next week is we're going to see the first uh, interview with a cast member, uh, and that was going to be with Matt Kroll, who is the host of the Imagineer podcast. So if you want to check his show out, you can. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be the first guest next week, and I'm really excited to talk to him. Uh, so yeah, next week you'll get the new show and then the very first cast member interview. So I'm very excited about that. So anyways, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you're not doing so already, please do it on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. Um, if you want to, you can look at our website. We put all of the shows up there at accesspresspodcast.com. So it's a desktop and mobile website. Uh, so if you're at work and you want to listen to it, you can. Um, so it's there for you. But uh, also, please follow us on social media if you're not already on Instagram. Uh, we are, or sorry, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at Excess Press Podcast, so you can find us over there. Uh, if you want, you can shoot me an email over at excesspresspodcast.gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, tips that you want to give, whatever you want. Um, and also, if you're subscribed to the Anchor app, you can send over a voice message. If you have uh, any tips, questions, comments about a previous show or any show, whatever you want, you can... Just leave us a voice message and I can play it on the show. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Thanks for tuning in this week and for your continued support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage. Bon voyage.